0: Welcome back, Vault Dwellers and Wastelanders. This is your host, Tom, or Robots. And today I have a very different episode than I normally do. I had the pleasure of getting together with my friend Jaxus, who runs his own podcast on the network called The Content Creator's Guide. And we talked a lot about not only creating your own podcast and how to actually do that successfully, get your show noticed and content creation in general. But um, I I relayed a lot of different details about how I launched this show. And I thought you all might be interested in all the details about how. Things started with this show and how how I uh, was able to leverage social media in order to build an audience before I even Dropped the first episode and stuff like that, so I hope you enjoy this interview There's a lot of really good information Especially if you are somebody who's looking to get into content creation, but also if you're just curious about how you know, what goes on behind the scenes, like that kind of stuff. So here we go. I hope you guys enjoy it. And if you do like uh, the content creator's guide, if you are interested in more of this stuff, he has a bunch of episodes about all sorts of different topics. So go check that out. All of the shows on the Robots Radio Network, of course, are on robotsradio.net. So you can find links to the content creator's guide as well. I hope you enjoy it. And I'll see you during the mid-break where we get to thank our patrons. So I'll be back in a little bit.
1: Okay, so today we're going to be talking about how to get your content noticed uh, on your podcast or even on YouTube. I think a lot of this kind of goes either way. It doesn't really seem to matter. But anyhow, um, we're going to go ahead and get into everything. I'm going to introduce you to, one, he's a mentor of mine. I'm also part of his network. He has multiple podcasts. Some of them are in the millions and millions of downloads. And so uh, without further ado... I'm gonna introduce you to Tom Slash Robots of the Robots
0: Radio Network. Say hello, Tom. Hello, Tom. Has anyone else done that joke (laughs) at the beginning of the show?
1: I do that like every one of our shows on the other one. Yeah, right. (laughs)
0: Right. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, man. Thanks for having me. This is uh, this is exciting stuff. Um, I'm I'm excited to talk because you know, I mean, this is this is what I do now, like full time. Yeah. This is
1: this is how you teach us. This is how I. uh, I, Yeah. And a lot
0: of it is is. Based on things that I've figured out work like on my own, just grassroots, pulling myself up by my bootstraps, whatever, whatever you want to call it. Uh, it's not it's not just theory, like the things that you and I talk about and how mm-hmm. to launch your own show and, and grow it and build an audience and create good content, all of that stuff. Um, I feel like at this point I've I've proven that certain things work. And that doesn't I, mean that I know everything, but I do know a path to success. Right.
1: No, but you are a bona fide expert in your field well thanks thanks that's one thing i would say for sure i mean well so i've not only listened if you haven't figured it out yet, yes, I'm part of his network, the Robots Radio Network, but he also does a lot of other like YouTube self-help things, kind of the same as the Content Creator's Guide. He's got his own little um, video thing that he does. I don't know the name of it off the top of my head. I'm sure you can tell us. Uh,
0: I, I haven't done it in a while. It's, I have multiple YouTube channels, and one of them, I've right. done some some advice for content creators and things like that, but uh, it's yeah. Yeah, it's not something it's I've very been helpful. keeping up with lately. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Lots of irons um, in the fire.
1: <laughs> so, if I was to ask you, the first question is, for a brand new, like an important thing for a new podcaster should do to what should they do first to get noticed? Like um what where where should they advertise first? I guess that's what I should say. Um like they're just starting brand new, right? They've got their bells and whistles and what set up, but right, how do they get noticed right off the bat?
0: Um, so I think, I think there's a question that should be asked before you ask that question. And I think this is one of the things that, um, a a lot of people jump to that question, right? They, they, Mm -hmm. they get together with some friends or whatever. They start recording a show. They get a few episodes in they're like, Hey, we've got a show. They, they put it up on a hosting service and now, Hey, I've got this show. And then they're like, okay, so what can I do to bring more people to the show? And I think the first question that should be, that should be asked before you even do that, because um, I'll get I'll go through the details and explain the why. First, you have to make sure that what you are creating has demand, that there's demand for the product you are making. Treating content creation like a startup company. If you were to open a restaurant nearby where you live and you look around and within a mile, you've got three Mexican restaurants and two Italian restaurants and Two Thai restaurants and two, you know, three sushi restaurants. The idea of opening one of those would be very difficult because there's a lot of competition in that space locally. But if there aren't any pizza restaurants, then maybe open a pizza restaurant because there's demand in the area for something that's lacking. So you Mm -hmm. find a hole in the market and then you fill that hole. So the first step is what can I create that there's seems like there's demand for. So you come up with a concept right the second step the second step then is am I the kind of person who can fill that hole? Can I actually create and succeed in creating that content right because maybe I want to start a pizza restaurant But I don't know anything about pizza Well, I might not be the guy to start it or I need to do some research and really practice before I start I open a pizza restaurant Right, you wouldn't invest the money in opening a restaurant until you were sure you made some good pizza Makes sense. Uh, And then that's that's the third step is not only can I make the pizza, but do I know that it's going to be good? And that's so first you come up with the idea. Secondly, you figure out, okay, am I the right person to be able to create this? Will I enjoy it? And a lot of people get that backwards. They, They think about what they want to create by what they enjoy first. Without ever thinking if there's demand Is it for gonna it be any good <laughs> or if there's any competition or if they're gonna even be good at making that right mm. Like that's why that's why you have a million people plus on Twitch right now all playing video games In front of less than two people on average and it's because it's it's a lot of fun to play video games and stream it on the internet but that's a very crowded space that <laughs> there's no demand for just another person to play games So it's that sort of thing. So yeah, you you come up with the the idea, you figure out are you the right person and will you enjoy it, not the other way around, and then you practice it. And this is another thing that you wanna do before you even launch it in episodes. One of the things I talk about with a lot of the other hosts on the network is, before you even launch your first episode, do some trial episodes, practice recording. Because when somebody finds your show, they're most likely gonna go back and listen to that first episode, especially early on when you don't have a whole ton of episodes. And if that if that first episode comes across really rough, then guess who's going to bounce off your show and go listen to something a little bit more polished? Most of the potential listeners. Mm-hmm. So, um, so that's the next step is is making sure that you can create quality, and then the I guess the fourth step would be verifying that that quality is, that quality is there, that your show is able to grow, and that people are responding positively, that you're getting good feedback. That you have a like a stair-stepping growth over time of new listeners, just naturally finding it. And and and, uh, and I'm not talking like hundreds and hundreds of listeners at this point. I'm talking like you start out and you have maybe 20. three, right? And then the next episode <laughs> comes out and maybe you've got seven. And then the next episode comes up and maybe you got 15. Well, what's happening is that some of those first few people are now sharing it or you are naturally being discovered in ways from social media and some of your natural connections. But if there's continued growth, then you're keeping more people than you're sending away. So you've now verified that you can create something that can grow. So, okay, now now let's move on to step five, which would be now that I know I have a good product that can grow even a little bit, just is is created a growth pattern at all. Mm -hmm. Then if I were to advertise it or really focus in on the marketing and all of a sudden got it in front of a thousand people's eyes you're not just going to have 999 of them bounce off of it, right?
1: That's a lot. So I started off with question number five.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So, and and I think that's, I think that's what a lot of people do is they, they, they think, they think, okay, I want to make a thing because I enjoy it. Now, how do I advertise that thing and get more people to watch? But if, uh, let's use the pizza metaphor again, right? Let's say you make Mm -hmm. a really crappy pizza and you never, you notice that people don't come back a second time. Like you're not getting your regular weekly people coming in on on Friday nights or whatever for pizza with the family they don't seem to come back Right and your numbers aren't growing board right before you yeah. just before you spend a few thousand bucks on that billboard near the interstate You probably want to make sure that you improve your pizza <laughs> So so mm. that's that's the process um, So l- let's let's move on to your your other question your original question was then how do you advertise right Mm-hmm. And there are methods you can use conventional methods of like paying for advertisement, although I've worked in marketing I used to run search engine optimization that like the SEO department at a marketing agency and um, So I worked alongside digital marketing like the advertising section designers all, a bunch of different kinds of people copywriters and One of the things you learn when you work in an agency is that the actual number of people who like it Click on something after seeing an impression in an ad is very very small. It's way smaller than most um, People who do not work in that industry Want it to be and so, so it's almost
1: as relevant as somebody click and subscribe after watching a video
0: right it's only like right. probably
1: 15 20 percent that actually do oh, it's click. not
0: it's not even like if you, maybe 10 if you were to if like on YouTube if I were to have a thousand people watch a video that I put up on YouTube I'll be lucky if I get three or four people hitting the subscribe button. Mm-hmm. And it's it's similar numbers to that. It's mm-hmm. to actually get somebody to do a thing after seeing a thing is very, very difficult. But it, like think about your own habits. How often do you watch a YouTube video? How many YouTube videos have you watched in the last week? And how many times have you hit a subscribe button? Right, exactly. Like, Probably have you watched 150 of
1: the thousand? Right, right. Like, <laughs> if
0: you watched 100 YouTube videos in last week, maybe you hit the subscribe button once or twice, maybe. Right. Like, mm-hmm. and, and and that's the numbers on that. So, if you are going to spend money, if you have money and you want to spend it, you can get a reaction. You want to you want to put it in the right places. So maybe you're doing digital ads, like very targeted digital ads on Google or Facebook or Twitter or something like that. And you're zeroing in on let's say you do a video game podcast. So you're zeroing in on people who like to play video games, people in certain age ranges, those kinds of things. And that increases your chance of getting somebody to click over and listen to your podcast or whatever. But it still costs a lot in order to really do it. You can brute force it, but it's going to take a lot of money. There's a reason why Coca-Cola constantly has ads, still pays for ads for the Super Bowl and things like that. Right. And it's not because they're trying to put their name in front of somebody who doesn't know what Coca-Cola is. Everybody knows what Coca-Cola is. The reason (laughs) they do it is because they want to stay top of mind. They want to constantly be in in the vernacular, in the conversation. Right. Right. And so and because they make so much money, it's worth it to do that. Somebody who nobody knows about. Putting money into advertisements is is extremely expensive and has very little um, actual Uh value because it takes like they've done studies on this it takes something like six or seven times For somebody to put like say a logo or a brand in front of your face And for you to then remember what that was Hmm. So six or seven times per person So think about how many ads you would have to run To on google or on facebook in order to get your ad in front of the same person six or seven times a lot it it ends up being like ridiculous so that you can go that route if you have the money to spend and you want to just throw money at a thing it's kind of like brute forcing it the better way to do this is to to leverage content creation and other forms of social media in a way that um, shows people that the thing you're doing with your show and your brand is for them so, so is that where you would go to things like, say, a YouTube short? Yeah, so YouTube shorts, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, anywhere where you can create bite-sized content and deliver enjoyable bite-sized content based on the same things that you are doing your show about is is probably one of the best ways to leverage it. And I can use, I can give you an example for this. When I started the Fallout Lorecast, uh, now over four years ago, um, right. one of the things I did, and this is one of the things I learned from having worked in marketing. Was I created a Twitter account and I realized that there was a a, there's a thriving fallout community on Twitter and I was like Oh, this is great. These people are awesome And I I got to know them and I I started looking at the posts and responding to the posts, and I realized that this is a really a great community Okay, so this is a great community. I want to do a fallout podcast. It seems like there aren't any lore podcasts There are lore video channels, but not audio podcasts in that space at the time and so I was like, okay, well seems like it's a good opportunity. So, you know, I love Fallout and the community seems awesome on here. Other before that I had a Twitter account, but I barely used it. So I didn't notice. I didn't take right. the time to follow all the Fallout creators and You didn't climb down that Twitter rabbit hole. Right. I didn't I didn't go down the, <laughs> the rabbit hole yet. So I noticed I was like, okay, there's there's a lot of really cool people here. So I was like, okay, well, what's my podcast gonna be? It's gonna be about discussing the, the lore of Fallout. So what if on my Twitter account I multiple times a day post a really interesting snippet of lore with maybe a really cool screenshot or something like that. And I just start putting things in my feed that if you were a fan of Fallout, it would be very easy for you to go, oh, I want to sub to this guy's channel. He puts cool. He these are the things I want to see pop up in my Twitter feed every day. Of course, I'm going to sub to his channel instead of saying, hey, I've got a new podcast out. Everyone check this out. That feels like advertising, right? And, and it can be very off-putting. It's it's self-serving. That's like yeah, saying, "Hey, and, yeah. look at me, look at me, look at me." As opposed to, "Hey, here's cool things I can share with you. I'm giving, I'm giving, I'm giving." Right? Yeah. I had a conversation with so and so. We discussed this. Blah blah blah. Right? Or you did know? you yeah. did you know in this vault that there's this thing hidden in the in the wall? You know, or whatever. Yeah. Right? And so. That becomes a very easy thing for people to follow. So before I even launched the show, I, I gathered several hundred people following me over a few weeks of, of doing this, which just naturally happened. And then the, that's the same kind of content that people retweet and they share and they comment on. Oh, my God, I remember the first time I was in that vault. blah, blah, blah. blah. And then you end up having conversations and it's it, organic. It, it's yeah. organic. And you begin to build a community with people who love the same things you love. And and you it, it's a really actually easy way of being involved in a really fun way with people who love the things you love. So after a few weeks of doing this, I launched my show and I was like, okay, this seems like it's going well. Let's launch the show. I recorded an episode. And then after weeks of creating content of like, here's all this cool stuff. I finally said, Oh, by the way, guys, I have a podcast where I talk about a lot of the same kinds of things I post if you'd like to check it out, I'd, I'd love for you to check it out. Let me know what you think. And my first episode got over a hundred downloads on that first episode, which is phenomenal because yeah, the average podcast <laughs> gets like sixty downloads per episode, and this includes podcasts have which have been doing it for years. So I've I basically figured out a way to leverage things and not do it in a slime ball, advertisey kind of way. Do it in a real way that builds a community and and so since then we've continued to build community We have lots of people on our discord channel, and you know people are responding all sorts of things So that's that's a very long-winded way of answering your question Um, But that's probably the better way to advertise your podcast and you can do it You can pick just find where the community is and create the content that makes sense for that community Maybe it's it's YouTube shorts and YouTube, you could, if I, if had YouTube shorts been around four years ago, I probably would have done that. I don't really like TikTok very much, but. Uh, something about TikTok just rubs me the wrong way. I don't yeah. know what it is. Yeah, the fact that, like, uh, multiple countries ban it, and if you are a working for the government, you can't have it on your phone, makes me think that it is a significant sh- security risk. So, having it yeah, on your phone at all. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, yeah. Is, is probably a problem. Um, yeah.
1: <laughs> so, there's that. <laughs> yeah. But. Um, so, um, what what do you think is a key thing that most creators miss when they're trying to get noticed? Like, you know, something simple that they just completely blow right over and don't even think about.
0: Um, I, I think they, like I was discussing before, I think they forget what it's like to be on the other side of the conversation. Um, I, I see this all the time. Lots, Lots and lots and lots of creators will constantly share things like, I'm live now or here's my new episode of the show or like basically, Hey, come do this thing for me. They're constantly asking and asking and asking. Right. And I bet if they analyze their own use of social media and they think back to the last time that they saw somebody with an ask and they actually clicked through and did anything, it's probably pretty rare unless they already were going to do that anyway. And it was just a reminder. Oh yeah, this person's live. I'll click on it. Um, the idea that like they would, they would, just kind of leverage that it's it's this it's this I'm going to do the easy thing mentality that I think a lot of people get stuck on. And and part of it is because being a content creator seems like an easy job. It seems yeah. like I get to do the thing yeah. I want to do. Mm-hmm. I get to make a thing I want to make. And now I can advertise it or whatever in ways that I, only the ways that I find enjoyable rather than treating it like it's like a job. And if you want it to be a job, you have to treat it like a job. That's just the I find this
1: important. And I wanted to ask you this question because to me, it's important to know this. And I wondered if you felt the same way is uh, when you're developing a new show, how important is knowing the analytics that go behind the growth of your show, like, you know, checking up on your, your. Podcast and seeing how good it did this week or suppose that week. What time frames? Did you get the most downloads on that one Mm -hmm. and trying to leverage that?
0: Yeah, you know, yeah There's a lot when so for people who don't have podcasts or don't have YouTube videos There are a lot of tools that you get from your hosting service or from YouTube or whatever that will tell you This is how many downloads you got right now this hour this day this day of the week uh, from this from this demographic, sorry, I got dogs barking in the background, from this demographic, so like maybe this percent male, this percent female, uh, for podcasts, it might tell you this percentage of people listen to you on Apple, this percentage of people listen to you on Spotify. Like you, you get a lot of those kinds of numbers and not all numbers are e- are equal, right? No. Like no. understanding your demographics is very important, but not everything is, is super important. So, for example, um, let, let's talk about gender. Understanding your your gender demographic is very important because maybe what you are creating appeals more to one gender than another. And you don't realize that, but you can lean into it. Maybe you're doing an advice show and it turns out that most of your listeners are female or male. And maybe your advice may maybe bringing on other co-hosts or bringing on the perspective of the other gender from who you are might be helpful in that conversation, right? So that, that can help plan content. Uh, age range is also important, understanding the age range of, of the scope of who's listening. Um, but really what's even more important is understanding the patterns that happen in the number of downloads or plays you get and when those things happen. So for example, you can over, like if you if you group things by week or month, you can see like in, in a given week, maybe you get 100 downloads. But then you can also group things by number of downloads per episode at a certain time. So, for example, you could see every time you drop a new episode, the day you drop that episode, you get a certain number of downloads. And that can tell you a lot. One, if your content is growing, then then in general, new episodes should continue to peak higher than previous new episodes. For the day of release. Um, Also, uh, if they don't, that may have something to do with the topic of that episode or how you even wrote the title of that episode. And this this plays big into YouTube. Titles and thumbnails are huge. If your titles and thumbnails do not attract clicks, then you will. YouTube will not share your show more than a certain amount. Um, with podcasts, it's the same kind of thing. Maybe people already like your show and they already like the content that you make, but, mm, you know, like, for example, my shows, well, I have patron episodes at the end of every month. And I, I can see that I get a different number of downloads for patron episodes than I do other episodes. And it's because it fulfills a different need. It does a different thing. It's, it's, it's almost like a different kind of show on the same feed. And overall, the numbers are actually lower for patron episodes. But... I do get a lot of feedback from people who really do like those episodes. So even though they seem to have less of a draw in general, and it's only by a a very small percent, but on average, it is lower. um, The people who do like those episodes seem to really like those episodes and are actually some of their favorite episodes. So it creates diversity in the feed in a way that doesn't detract from the total value of the show. So it's your hardcores; Those ones are like a little bit more like biting in on those or just people who really like hearing other people's perspectives and and like more of a conversational aspect than Mm -hmm. kind of a solo teaching aspect. Um, There's I think it fulfills a slightly different need and that's and there's nothing wrong with that. Right. Like now if I saw that like those episodes only got 30 percent of the downloads that the other episodes I do get. That would be it would be time to go. Okay. Well, what is actually happening here? Do I really should I be doing these anymore? It seems to be detracting from the value in a significant mm-hmm. way, right? Um, so it, it's all it's all like playing detective. You have to look at the numbers. And you have to figure out like what does this mean? Is this a healthy thing? Is this a not a healthy thing? You know, how does this actually work? So yeah, the, the data is can be very important. You just don't want to draw the wrong conclusions. Okay. Um, Folks, we're going to take a moment. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back after this
1: message. And then we're going to get on a little bit of talk about the network.
0: All right. I am so excited about our sponsor this week, Marvel Strike Force. I freaking love Good to see another of General Atomic's finest still eager to serve. Welcome to the middle of the show. This is where we get to thank our patrons and read out some new reviews and things like that. And this week we don't have any brand new patrons, but I do have to thank all 71 of you. Thank you so much for your support. And shout outs to our Century Bot Tier 5 level patrons Dylan R and Larry D. Thank you for your support. If you'd like to get a bunch of extra stuff for helping support this show and keep it going, then go to patreon.com slash falloutlorecast. There's a bunch of different things you can get from T-shirts and stickers to ad-free episodes, episodes a day early, a whole lot of things. So go check that out. And now we've got a new review to read out. This is from HHHHUD in the United States who uh, who says, a must listen, this is on Apple Podcasts, I have always been a fan of the Fallout series, starting on three. This is the first podcast that I've ever listened to consistently, and I genuinely look forward to listening to new episodes every week. Robots episodes are one of ones that sound genuine and don't sound monotone or forced. I also created a Patreon account just for the show. Well, thank you so much for the support and for leaving that five-star review. Hud... I, I, I guess that's how you pronounce your name. Um, but <laughs> thank you for taking the time to do that. Anybody who takes the time to leave a five star review on Apple Podcasts with some words will get read out on future episodes of the show. Plus, you can leave a rating on Spotify or whatever podcatcher you listen to. All of that is super helpful. And I really do appreciate it. All right. Let's get back to the interview with Jaxx's. Here we go. If you have any questions about Nuka World, I'd be delighted to answer them. If you're interested in learning more
1: about the network, I was mentioning earlier, I want to get into a little bit what it is you do on the network and maybe, you know, the odds and ends of what it is to be a member of the Robots Radio Network and how yeah. there's so many of us there.
0: Yeah, yeah. So um, one of the things I, I realized very early on in my podcasting journey is that uh, it's a, it's a good idea to make friends with other podcasters, other content creators because you can guest on each other's shows that you can cross promote all of those kinds of things. So very shortly within like the first six months of starting the Fallout Lorecast, um gathered together some other content creators and formed a network. And over time that has grown. Uh, there are some like uh, core shows that have been part of the network since the, the beginning and then other shows that have been added on. And as that continues to grow, then um, my, my thoughts start, expanding into, well, what other things can I do with the network? And I realized that it it, it took me years to get to the point where I figured out how to make a good podcast and how to market it. And if I could take that knowledge and help other podcasters to succeed, then that would have been something that I, I didn't discover anything like that, that I was really interested in when I was doing my research. But had that been around, it would have been something I would have been very interested in. And the, I, there are many different networks of podcasts out there. And one of the problems with so many of the networks is that they demand a significant stake of control of your show. So that was something I was not into at all early nope. on in podcasting. Like, <laughs> it, yeah, it'd be really cool to be part of a network and cross promote with a bunch of other cool shows and have that name associated with my content and all of that. But at the same time, I don't really want somebody telling me how I should run my show, how many episodes I should put out, how I should edit things, where I have to host, all of those kinds of things. So my philosophy very early on was to let, uh, let actual hosts make those decisions. I can recommend things. I can say, hey, here's an example of what I would do and why I think this might work for you. But ultimately, it's up to the hosts. It's your show, right? Like how you run your show, Jax, this is how you're going to run your show. Absolutely, sir. (laughs) If I force you to do things a certain way, you're not going to be happy with it. And the quality might actually suffer because now you're grumpy that you have to do things a way that you didn't want to do. So I was like, okay, well, if I can offer a mentorship program and still give hosts the ability to control what they do themselves, but with a lot of guidance and all of that, then then that sounds like an optimal thing. So I figured out how to set up what I call the, the Rocket Club. So Robots Radio Rocket Club for new podcasters and also for people who have been podcasting but haven't really found success. People who have been creating a lot of content, but it's not growing the way they want and they don't know why. And usually it's, it has something to do with marketing or quality. It's one of those two things or both. And um, with the Rocket Club, when you sign up you uh, you go to the website, you, you agree to pay a certain amount, there's a fee every month, you, you get a fee, you pay your fee to be part of the network. But one of the first things I do is I sit down, we have like an hour long meeting where I figure out, okay, what are your goals? What do you want to achieve? What's the best way to achieve those things? And then I give you this brain dump of like everything that you might want to take into consideration while to improve or to create or to whatever, to to, to try to reach the goals that you want to reach. Based and, on their content that they're tr- presenting to you. Right. Based on what they want to make and what their, mm-hmm. their talent seem to be, what their goals seem to be. Some people ju- are just happy to build a small little community around something, and they just want to do it for, for that goal. Some people really want to build something that eventually could become a career. And those are two very different goals. So yeah. your pathways are going to be different. But the, the truth of the matter is, if you're getting closer to your goal then you're succeeding and if you're succeeding then I'm succeeding and helping you succeed so it it works for everybody um but along with that there's also the ability for the different shows to cross promote each other they can run ads at the end of each other's shows and and do things like that uh which helps a lot because you know if somebody's into the content creator's guide they might also be into one of the other shows on the network because they want to do a video game podcast. And know, oh, these people sound have their own video game podcast, and that sounds cool too, so I'm gonna go listen to that. Um, but then on top of that, one of the difficult most difficult parts of creating content as a podcaster is finding ways to monetize your show beyond just doing something like a patreon. Everybody mm-hmm. everybody knows, knows about Patreon and patreon's wonderful because you can create extra content or give people extra perks or whatever for helping to support your your content. And it's great. I mean, I've got Patreons for all of my big shows and the communities that that helps build and the support helps me keep doing my stuff. But at the same time, what about things like ad sales ads? Yeah. What about what about, uh, you know, what if you're like into competitive video games and you'd like to have somebody advertise, you know, a gaming mouse or something like that? Or what if you just want to just run some dynamic ads that just kind of show up in order to to help fund all the hard work that you put into something? Well, getting into that is a whole different jar of worms, because uh, first of all, most of the ad companies out there require that you have 5000 or more downloads estimated for your next episode, your new episodes within the first 30 days after release. So that works. That works great for. The Joe Rogans of the world who are talking to like that most of their downloads will happen in the newest episode. But most video game podcasts out there, people go back and listen from the beginning and they will listen through the content. It's called Evergreen. And so if that's the case, then you're you're even with a ton of downloads. You're not going to quite hit 5000 on your newest episodes for a very long time. And even you I don't I don't hit 5000 in the first 30 days on my new episodes. It doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. Um, most of my downloads come from people finding the show and like fault. Orcas has over 200 episodes at this point and they find the show and they listen from the first episode all the way through the content. Uh, So I I did the same thing. So I get it. Yeah. yeah, So if you look at the number of downloads, the first episode has way more downloads than the rest of them. The newest Mm -hmm. episodes have the least amount of downloads because people work their way through the content. So that kind of, that kind of format doesn't work for most podcasts. Um, And then so, okay, so what do you do about that? Well, you need to have the ability to insert dynamic ads. What do you do for that? Well, you have to pay for the kinds of hosts that aren't free that allow you to do that. But it costs a lot of money. So I was like, okay, well, what if I leverage the network in order to provide a hosting service for other shows that gives them the kinds of perks they can't get until they're bigger? So the ability to run ads, dynamic ads, those kinds of things comes with being part of the network. So it yes. solves that problem. So even if you're if you're getting fifty downloads an episode, you can at least still run ads on those fifty episodes, or if, yeah, if, you know, and or on, on those fifty downloads. And as new people find it, the old episodes still maintain value because you still make money off of the ads that run on the old episodes because everything gets dynamically added in digitally. So most of the time, if you listen to one of my shows and you get like a a Microsoft ad, it's that's that ad was inserted right now, the moment you hit play. That mm-hmm. ad is a hundred percent fresh and makes sense. It is not from, you know, months ago when I recorded that mm-hmm. episode. Or or two years or four years ago. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. So these are all these are a lot of the perks that newer podcasters struggle with finding how to even do this stuff. It's also kind of difficult as a podcaster because on a YouTube channel, you can see how many subscribers a YouTube channel has. You mm. can see how many plays a video has by the time you clicked on it you can't see that for podcasts it's like it's invisible
1: so yeah the only way you can see it is by going into the actual um site of the area you're in and looking at the analytics and kind of doing a little math
0: yeah the, like as as a listener it most like i know how many downloads i have i know any downloads you have because we're on mm. the same hosting platform and you're on my network right i have access to right. those numbers but as a listener you oh know? right, yeah, they don't have a clue. They don't. Yeah. They don't have. There's. There's nothing there. They can't see the number of downloads that episode has, how popular it is. The only thing they have to go on is where it shows up in things like Apple charts, charts, or if you search something like if you were to search Fallout podcasts on Spotify, you would see something like the Fallout Lorecast at the, right at the top of the list. Those things and you
1: can figure it out by the algorithm element. Yeah, you yeah.
0: don't know that the number of downloads All you can do is assume that maybe some of the shows with more downloads end up at the top But what's tricky about this I remember I mentioned I, I worked in SEO So you can kind of play around with things in order to figure out why it ranks things a certain way. So in Spotify uh, It's like it's like a there's an there's an algorithm, right? It's like number of downloads times average rating uh, times you know most recent number of downloads time like whatever and they, they have some sort of algorithm that determines what what shows up higher um, But it doesn't necessarily mean that that highest show has more downloads than the show next to it on the list You might have a significantly better rating And so that moved you up as opposed to number of downloads total. So again, it's still kind of foggy you can't really tell so, so i've heard i've heard from um A couple of other podcasters
1: that have tried this, and I don't know how well they did, but I'm kind of curious as if you have any kind of clue. Ones that have tried
0: local advertisement, like putting up a billboard or something like that. I've never tried it. I know that, like we were talking about before, impressions would be very high, but the total number of people who would actually click through to it is fairly small. But that doesn't mean that it's non-existent, so... Okay. I was just wondering if like old traditional styles of
1: advertisement might actually work in podcast form, like driving across on the freeway and they see a, you know, billboard up there. Hey, so-and-so's podcast. Potentially. And I if that...
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I still think it's a very, very small number of actual right, people right. Who, who follow through with it, but it does build awareness. Um, Yeah. It, if th- that's the benefit of digital marketing is that you can target things better. So mm-hmm. like, for example, if I put a billboard up for the fallout lore cast and 10,000 people drive by it today on the highway What percentage of those t- 10,000 people even know what fallout is? Right, right. So there's a lot yeah. of wasted eyeballs on something that isn't even appealing to a majority of the people who are driving by Whereas if you have targeted ads, then you can make sure that in fact you may even be able to go, like if you did an ad on Facebook You could probably choose category video games. Okay, people who play video games, subcategory type of games, RPG, subcategory franchises, RPG franchises, you know, Fallout, Elder Scrolls, Mass Effect, whatever. Oblivion. Right, yeah. So, like, you might be even able to dial it all the way down to something specific like Fallout and then run your ad only in front of people who like Fallout. And so now you're getting a lot more for the buck you spend because you at least know that your target audience is is that that group of people.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. So I was just kind of curious about that because I've heard it in the past. You know, somebody was like, oh, "I'm going to get a billboard about my show," and I'm like, "Is that get really a good idea?" Yeah. No? <laughs> yeah. You have to
0: think about the commonality of of your the audience that will see it. So if mm-hmm. you put a billboard up at a on a street corner and within you know. Half a mile of that billboard is the pizza restaurant. You opened well then that pizza restaurants probably Appealing to the majority of people who see that billboard and within their reach Well, because it's local because it's, right it's, it's right yeah. there yeah. and and then who doesn't like pizza? Sense. everybody likes right. pizza So, yeah, well, so let's say 80% of the public eats pizza That's a significant amount of people that can probably go check out your place now, right? So that makes sense um, Something like content creation eh, You're hitting you're hitting such smaller numbers
1: you are throwing a pond in a lake, I got gotcha. you, yeah, 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 <laughs> for an analogy's sake, all right, um, so what would be what would be one major thing that you would want people to take home with them today that they you, you really want to make sure
0: that you left an impression of, yeah, that's a good question um when i when I talk about these things, a lot of times uh I get the response from some people that it's very discouraging this idea that like, well, I can't just do the thing I want and build a Build An audience I mean you can but it's like winning the lottery right like if you if you start a a twitch channel And let's say you're just really into minecraft and you start a twitch channel and all you do is sit there and play minecraft You might blow up Mm -hmm. But you also might win the lottery. It's really the same kinds of odds, right? (laughs) Right. It's the same kinds of odds But if you started a minecraft channel and did it in a really funny interesting informative way that nobody else is doing and entertain people in a new exciting way that significantly increases your chances of of succeeding. And it requires the extra work to figure that out and then to do it and, you know, really lean into it to actually perform on camera and make it something more than just you sitting and playing a game, talking to an audience. But that's that's where we're at. Content creation has to be something novel and unique. There's a reason why... Certain videos do well on YouTube certain podcasts do well. It's because they're bringing something unique They're either doing something nobody else is doing or they're doing something other people are doing in a way Significantly better They've they've yeah, raised something the that bar.
1: shines on them. Yeah,
0: they've really raised the bar on something that is common So it's one or the other so I you know last last thoughts would would be specifically like don't be disheartened if you want to create content And you want to become a content creator. You want to do this full time. It's a wonderful job, but it requires a lot of work. So get to the point where you would rather do this work than. And I think I think that's the key is you're like I started my shows while I still had a full time job. I had to research and record and edit and talk with my guests and all of that stuff. Do the social media posts. I had to do all of this extra work outside of my regular job. So I had to get to a point where I realized that it was worth spending a few years of my life treating this like a second job and giving up on, you know, hanging out and watching the latest episode of whatever with my wife in the evening so that I could get the podcast done. And that was worth it. But you have to treat it like it's a second job. And we're not recommending you ignore your families. No, don't ignore <laughs> your families. Like, like, yeah, don't ignore your families. Like, still spend time with your families. But, but if anything, sacrifice the time you have to do things like watch movies or shows or play video games. Some of your like personal time, you you will survive. Spend two or three years, sacrifice that, a few days a week, put a lot of work in, and potentially you could turn into something. And this, I mean, if you look at fallout when i launched fallout i still worked my job for a few years after that right but i was already i had already spent a decade trying other projects twitch streams youtube channels other podcasts that didn't succeed um before i actually got to that point so Mm -hmm. it's not just a you know a matter of like yeah if you put in a certain amount of time you'll make it you still have to figure it out you still have to like you know and that's, that's part of why the rocket club exists because yeah it's still a hit and miss,
1: man. You never know what's going to actually take off and what's not,
0: you know, it's yeah. just, there's yeah. no, there's no talent. Yeah. Oh, and that, that would be my other thing is for, for creators out there. I see a lot of content creators who are still in the, the phase of their numbers are not growing week after week. And they're still two, three years committed to the show that they've been doing. But for three years, their, their numbers just aren't changing. They're they're still creating the same content and working just as hard for the 30 viewers or listeners every week, but their show isn't growing. So either they need to change the recipe, figure out a different way to present their their topics, relaunch their show or try something else out completely and, and, and really just go a different direction with it. Maybe that's just not the best thing for you to be making. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and yeah. and it's all a learning process, and and I know that feels like giving up, but really, if your if your goal is to create good content, then it's just another step in the direction of getting to the good content you're you're looking to create. So, it's no uh, no successful person didn't fail first. Oh God, no, <laughs> <you> no! <know? laughs> like like I think this is something they should teach in school. This idea of failing forward. Yeah, throwing things against the wall. Like I've launched more podcasts than I currently have out right now. And the reason why something the reason why those other shows are not still out there is because they they didn't seem to grow in a way that I felt was like I tested the market. I committed to a few months of creating content. And then I went, okay, how is this doing? Well, it's not. Maybe this isn't the show I should be doing so i Mm. i cut it because i could then instead of investing more of my time hitting my head against a wall i could change that and try something else and then see if that worked absolutely
1: change direction yeah absolutely yeah so if somebody was interested in being a part of the network how would they get a hold of you and you know how do they reach you for you know maybe to check out one of
0: your plethora of other shows (laughs) uh (laughs) yeah robotsradio.net so you can find this show uh the content creators guide you can find my shows you can find all the other the other creators on the network, all of our podcasts, you can find links to where you can listen to all of those at robotsradio.net. Uh, on that website. There's also the link to the rocket club. So if you want to look at all the different stuff you get for joining the rocket club, you can do that on there. You can um, also hit me up on like Twitter, Twitter at robots, underscore radio, because somebody else has robots radio without an underscore. I don't know who that person is. Uh, (laughs) weird, (laughs) but you can, you shoot me a message. Um, I get a lot of messages from lots of different places on lots of different platforms. So it's not always easy for me to keep up with everything. I will do the best I can to respond. I try to, I try to pride myself on being able to respond, but that doesn't mean that I didn't see something pop up on my phone and I was like out somewhere. And then by the time I got sat down somewhere, able to do something, forgot that I saw it. So I apologize, but the the best way to to reach me for Rocket Club stuff is on the website, and um, otherwise you can join us on the Discord. There's the Robots Radio Discord channel, and if you Which just
1: I believe that's got a link at the very bottom of the page, correct?
0: Probably, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely on the RobotsRadio.net. There's a there's yeah, a link yeah, on there, there for that, the um, or just search Robots Radio Discord, and you'll find us and like five thousand other people on there. And y- mm-hmm. every show on the network has their own channel. So you can look through that way and see what other channels there are or join any of the discussions, conversations, lots of fun stuff on there. More ping me on there, you know? So.
1: Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you for your time, by the way. Um, So I hope that this was a very informative and entertaining show for everybody tonight. I hope you check out robot radio content. There's a lot of it. So there's always something to that appeal to pretty much anybody that's on there. Uh, And uh, yeah. For each of you, no matter what your interests are, I think there's something for everybody there. Uh, if you would like to leave me a comment or questions, you can do so by reaching me at C Creators Guide on Twitter, or you can send me an email using C Creators Guide at gmail.com. Thank you for joining me and keep creating. Bye bye
0: plug into everything else we're doing. Check out robotsradio.net. Reach out to me on Twitter at robots underscore radio. Check out the Robots Radio Rocket Club where you can join me and a bunch of our other creators creating your podcast, starting a new podcast, or helping your current podcast grow. There's more information about that on robotsradio.net as well. And you can always talk with us and the entire community, over 2,000 people on the Robots Radio Discord come join us. We'd love to chat with you. See you guys next time.